0: Let's dive right into the message today. Look at the person next to you and say, you look good. You look good. You look good. Uh, I'm going to share a a thought uh, on this title. Christmas surprise. Christmas surprise. How many of you uh, like to be surprised with the Christmas present you receive? Raise your hand. You, You like to be surprised. In contrast... How many of you are like, just give me my 50 bucks and I'll go pick it out. <laughs> I'll go pick it out. You know, um, my, my family has, uh, just lame traditions. We have a tradition of being lame, um, until I married Allie and then Allie brought like a specialness. Uh, like I remember one of our first girls, we've been married for 16 years. I said, Hey, um, it's supposed to be a surprise, but my dad's getting you a sweater and I'll never forget what she said. She goes, well, if it's a, supposed to be a surprise, why'd you tell me? And I was like, I didn't know that, like, a surprise was a big deal. Like, like at that moment, I realized that, wow, you know, some people like surprises. And and I realized I like it, too. I just didn't know I, I did. And so, thanks to Allie, we've established, like, a tradition of wrapping presents. <laughs> And uh, so thank you. Thank you. I mean, I'm sure our kids are very grateful for it because she established that before they came along. And uh, thanks to her, our 10-year-old still thinks Santa Claus is, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He, he is for all you young kids in the room. Make sure you put cookies and milk out there. All right? Oh, right. I'm so sorry, parents. I'll let you all clean that up. All right. The preacher doesn't know what he's talking about. Um All right. So, uh, yeah, I, I like surprises. I like surprise as long as it ends good. Right. I don't like surprises. Like when somebody says, hey, I got I need to tell you something. And I'm just like, is this good or bad? Just get to the end right now. I don't want any surprises. Now, if it's going to make me smile and be happy, then awesome. If it's going to make me mad or upset, like. Do I even need to know this information? Anybody like that? Just like, do I even need to know this? Do I need to know this? Because I'm having such a good day right now. Um, Last Friday, I got a a surprise that I did not like at all. Uh, I opened up the back door of my truck, and um, all of a sudden, I saw this sitting on the floor. Thank you uh, Miss Bernie. Um, for those of you that can't see it, it's a Slim Jim. It was just laying there on the back floor. And I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, that's not supposed to be in here. And, uh, I, I thought, okay, what has been stolen? First, my first thought was my wallet. I was like, okay, thank God I had my wallet. And, um, uh, I, I started looking around the car and I realized that, Uh, A couple years ago, somebody bought me for my birthday a really, really nice, um, expensive pen. I've been really proud of myself because I haven't lost it in like two years. I love this pen. Well, some guy is missing a Slim Jim but has a new pen. Uh, (laughs) He left his Slim Jim. Now, when I saw it, I was like, my first thing is I've seen a few episodes of CSI, and I was like, I wonder if I can get the fingerprints off of that thing. Put some baby powder on it or something like that, and uh, it's amazing that they can break so much um, crime in like 42 minutes of an episode. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't really like that surprise too much. I came in the house and and I told, I showed Allie, and she said, "No, are you kidding?" I was like, "Yeah, I don't know what happened." Um, but some guys got a cool pen right now, um, and you know the reality is is that I, I am ticked off. I'm gonna be honest with you. Not enough time has gone by for me to get over my pen yet and I know that it's it's stupid and so I'll get over it in a couple of days but then I got a junk drawer in my in my kitchen that has everything in it does anyone have a junk drawer in your kitchen it's just like 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 brushes are in there you know coffee cups are in there and and about 700 pens all right so <laughs> uh, pencils are in there garage door openers are in there raise your hand if you have one of those drawers We clean it out like, you know, every other year or something like that. Uh, And so I know I got pens in there, so it's not not a big deal. Uh, But there's certain surprises that kind of linger and stay. And I want to talk about those because Joseph was unpleasantly surprised uh, by finding out that his fiance was pregnant. And, um, you know, whenever you read the Bible, I want to encourage you, Um, That rather than just kind of burning through chapters or books, just read a little bit and like back up and just close your eyes and put yourself in that scene. So I put myself in the scene and I'm like, okay, here's Joseph. He's a teenager. He's crazy in love. And then he finds out that his girl is pregnant. And he knows that he wasn't a part of that process So I'm sitting there, and I've, I've got my eyes closed, and I'm like, he just feels like, and I don't know if you've ever been there before, the, um, where where you, you're love sick, right? You're madly in love, and then something bad happens. I, I remember when I was 12, I was going to marry this girl named Heather Millholland. I wrote a letter to God. I said, God... I must marry her. I must. Uh, We'll go to China and be missionaries, but I must marry her. And uh, I have no idea where she is today, and I'm so glad that I didn't. And I just tell you that. So glad. And but you know just as a just as a little twelve year old kid, I just remember, and, and maybe some of you have felt these set of emotions as adults. But it feels like you're you know you can't think about anything else except for them, and and you get in the you you don't want to get out of bed, but you can't sleep, and you're not hungry, but when you are hungry, it's like it's only going to be ice cream and chocolate. Have you ever been there? Don't raise your hand because you, you've got the person next to you convinced that you've never loved anybody except for them. So, so don't don't raise your hand. But it's just like, blah, and you just take long showers, and it's just, oh, I can't I'm not, I can't live life without this person. Uh, I can't live life. My brother got a divorce, and and he told me he goes, I don't even know why I'm living. I was like, what, huh? Huh? Uh, he's actually getting remarried in February and he's figured it out clearly. Um, but, but whenever, whenever they, they just like, Ugh! and so you got this like 15 year old kid, Joseph, finds out that his girl is pregnant and it's just like, Ugh! and, and then to make matters worse, she drops the God card. Have you ever had somebody drop the God card on you? It's like, look, I don't want to do this, but God told me to. It's like, God's not talking to you. You know it and I know it. You're crazy. Just own it. Have you ever wanted to say that? You don't know what God sounds like. You ate too much pizza last night. If you ever wanna say so she drops the God card, but every once in a while when somebody says they heard from God, they really did. And she really did, but he wasn't buying it, he's sick. He's 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 looking for it. He's like, I know it was I know it was Eric. It was Eric, wasn't it? I'm gonna kill Eric, you know. I don't know if Eric's were in the Bible days, but he, you know, don't tell me it was God. I'm going to go kill whoever it was, and 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 you know, all this is going on. And it was a surprising season. The first Christmas was a surprising season. And I want to talk about when you hit these surprising seasons, you weren't anticipating it to happen, and and I feel like there's three things that we learn uh, in these surprising seasons, and and the first thing that we learn is is how to call. Names. You you, you learn to, to call people names. You learn how to call seasons names during surprising seasons. I'll give you an example. Um, th- this jerk right here <laughs> uh, that stole my pen. I don't know his name. I, you, could, you could be sitting here right now. <laughs> I'm going to go watch you guys in the lobby and see if I see my pen. Uh, but, you you know, you're just like, I don't know who he is, but he's a jerk. He stole my pen. I've named him. It was a surprising season, and I've named him. Joseph named Mary. You are a liar. The baby is a curse, and this whole year, this is, is devastating, it's horrible. You learn to name seasons when they come. But you've got to be very careful how you name a person and how you name a season. Because how you name a season will determine how you respond within that season. So here Joseph is saying, this is the worst season of my life. This is the worst situation of my life. And an angel shows up and says, Joseph, you're not even seeing the entire picture. Can I just tell you that when you want to curse a season, hold on a second, because if God has allowed it, You may not be seeing the entire picture because God is only good and he's only loving. And so is there something in this situation? So the angel backs up and says, Joseph, you did not have a role in this. You did not have a role in your fiance getting pregnant. You did not have a role. You did not have a responsibility. You didn't do it. But this is your job. Your job is to go name the baby. That's your job. I want you to go name the baby and the name that you've been calling it as a mistake and all this other. No, 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 no. It's not a mistake. His name is Jesus. I want you to go tell everybody that the name of the baby is Jesus, the one who saves. And so he named the baby, the season, this cursed season. Season. But in actuality, it was the one who saves. You know, um, if God has allowed that season, we've got to be very careful how we frame it. See, a frame in your house, um, pictures were invented before a frame was. Uh, at some point, they put a, f- a picture out there and they want it your eye, people who put a frame on a picture, they want your eye to focus in on that picture. And so psychologists, whenever they ask about framing, they want to know, how are you focusing in? What are you focusing on while you're in the season? Framing. we got to be very careful how we frame and how we name, how we name people, how we name seasons we got to be very careful how we name it. Let me give you a a personal example. I've got a friend of mine. He pastors in Rockford, Illinois. He's a senior pastor. Uh, He had two beautiful, lovely kids. And and then his uh, wife got pregnant with a third. And they found out uh, upon arrival that the baby had Down syndrome. He just couldn't quite figure out, God, why did you let this happen? Why did you let this happen? And so he came to the conclusion that... Um, this baby needed him. And so God gave the baby to him because the baby needed him. And then he felt the spirit of the Lord speak to him, not out loud, but just right down in here. And it was no. The baby didn't need you as much as you needed the baby. And he realized that there is a part of him that the Lord is trying to develop. And in order to develop that part of him, he needed that baby with that personality, with that DNA arrangement. He needed that baby that way to develop Jeremy. To be the pastor, to be the husband, to be the brother, to be the sister, to be the father. It, it, the, the, the vision that God had for Jeremy needed that baby to come into his life, to form him and to make him into that person. And he backed up and he said, okay, I, now I'm seeing my son completely different. I'm not seeing it as, oh God, why did this happen? He's saying, oh God, Okay. Help me not to fight the process. Help me, Lord, to embrace the process. And and now he sees his son as the gift that he is to help develop him into the man of God that God has in store for Jeremy to be. It's all about framing it's about naming. we got to be very careful when we look at somebody and say, My mother-in-law's a jerk! Uh, my father-in-law's a jerk! My brother is a jerk! My sister is a jerk! He's a jerk! They're a jerk! Everybody's a jerk-jerk! <laughs> and, and you know what's so funny about, about naming and framing is, is this guy right here who stole my pen, if I could meet him, if he'll give me my pen back, I'll forgive him. Do you you see the conditions that I have attached? Because I've already named you. You are a jerk and there's nothing that you can do about it until I get what I want. I know it's early, but I'm going to come right up to your front door and knock. We got to be very careful. You are a jerk and you are an idiot and you are a backstabber and you're selfish and, and and. Changing your name. Seasons. What about seasons? My dad just lost everything he owns thanks to Hurricane Harvey. It hovered and didn't move until everything was gone. And some seasons will stay there until you're stripped of it all. And now my dad's got a name 2017. How's he going to name it? The year I lost everything. The worst year of my life. Now, there were six or seven, eight months before Harvey ever got here. Is the whole year got to be under that name? The whole year. Yes, it does. Okay. The whole year. But, you know, he has named it. Because my dad has lost everything before. And, 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 and the, the, the people that have been flooded and lost everything, and this is the first time they lost everything, it's harder for them. But people that have lost everything before, <laughs> they've been there before. I, I remember Mimi, she's sitting on the second row here. Uh, I didn't meet her until her house burnt down. She lives across the street. Her house, she's got the prettiest house in the whole neighborhood. And uh, she did then, she she does now. I mean, the prettiest house in the whole neighborhood. And it was Labor Day? Labor Day. We're playing Monopoly in our house. My brother leaves 10 minutes after he got there. (laughs) Because he had some things that he needed to do that was more important than playing with his family on Labor Day. But nevertheless, he's a good guy. I'm going to name him well. Um, (laughs) he, He calls me on the way out of the neighborhood and says, hey, dude, there's a house across the street burning down. I was like, all right, we just keep playing. I'm like, there's not a house across the street burning down. All of a sudden, Allie's like, Frankie, there's a house across the street burning down. It's all in how you say it, right? If you're like, hey, bro. House burning down. Yeah, okay, thanks. Right? So how you say it. Allie's like, yeah, house burning down. We walk out there, I see this house is burning down. We're like, oh my goodness. And we're just like, oh my goodness. And and then and we, we ended up meeting Mimi and, and Doc across the street. And, and I said, uh, did you break down and cry? You remember me asking you that? Did you break down and cry? This was like a month afterwards. She said, No, I, I didn't. She goes, it was bad, but Frankie, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I've been through. I've, I've been through so much in my life. In my own vernacular, I've I've lost more than that in my life. And and now through the seasons of life, she's learned how to frame. You know what she said? It's just stuff. Now, if you've lost everything for the first time, it's not just stuff. It's your whole life. But you lose it three or four times like it's just stuff. we got to be real careful how we name people and how we frame things. Number two is is when seasons of surprise come, uh, you got to learn which way do you run. You learn which way you run. Not only do you learn how to name, but you learn which way to run because Joseph was like, "Mimi, I'm out of here. You cheated on me and you lied to me. I'm leaving. I'm gone. I'm out of here." And and when you hit these moments of surprise, even if you're doing well, even if you're doing a good thing, you still find yourself wanting to leave. I have two friends of mine that are senior pastors. They started their church and they just gave them up. I'm like, "Are you kidding me? How do you give up your church?" Like It was an awesome thing that you were doing, but they just got tired Sometimes you can get tired doing a good thing I've seen people leave families Leave husbands leave wives and two years later. They say I don't know what I was thinking I just got tired I didn't feel like I loved them or her anymore. I just got tired it would just sometimes you can get tired and well doing. You know, I I, I just want to say Joseph ran off and um, an angel had to show up and said, "Don't don't don't go, don't go, don't go." And I just want to say this that that Satan separates. That that that's all Satan does to attack you is he just separates. It's all he does. It's just it's just a game of separation. That's all he wants to do. He wants to separate you from God. He wants to separate you from God's gifts. He wants to separate you from, from godly people. He wants to separate you from God's assignment. It's just a game of separation. It doesn't matter what we're talking about. It's just, it's just, a, it's the same strategy over and over again to separate, 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 separate. And so he has to plant a seed of complaint within your heart to cause the separation and so you have to be very careful about what you complain about because if it's fully bloomed it'll cause a separation so she doesn't kiss me anymore he doesn't pick up his underwear anymore god didn't answer my prayer the volume in the worship is too loud my boss is a jerk my work associate hums while he works it's the seed of complaint all based around causing a separation because that's all satan wants to do is separate, separate 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 and so separate you joseph not just from god not just from the assignment on your life but from the person that you're mad and angry with and satan will use righteous thoughts to lead you down an unrighteous road And Joseph backed up and said, yeah, I'm leaving her. Look what she did. Look what he did. And when other people do wrong things, does that now give us license to step out of the will of God? As the theologian Arsenio Hall would say, things that make you go, hmm... And I just realized that only a quarter of this room knows who Arsenio Hall is. (laughs) That's awkward. You know what's really awkward is uh, we just hired a youth pastor. He starts in January. Can't wait to introduce them to you. Put your hands together for that. He's super cool. But I realized that... I'm old compared to him. He's like young with like gelled up hair and, and, and he says words that I don't understand. And, and my daughter, who's a teenager, she's like, he's so cool. And I was like, what's he talking about? That he loves God and he loves teenagers. Um, but, um, there's just a whole different vernacular that, just don't even understand, you know, I would get in trouble for bringing a calculator to school. And now there's classes that email your parents or parents to say, make sure your kid brings their phone to class because we're going to be using them in math. And I'm like, (laughs) I was right all along. Now I'm all hey, I'm all sweaty and I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. What am I talking about? Running. Did you Did you remember what I was talking about? Unrighteous thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> Unrighteous thoughts. God will use it. Satan will use them. Look what he did. Look what she did. Look what they did. Look what he did. Look what she did. And now I get to step out of the will. And that's what Joseph did. And and I I just want to say this, that let's not allow other people's actions to influence our destiny. Let's not let other... Absolutely, put your hands together for that. If they want to be... A jerk, if they want to mess around and steal stuff, if they want, that doesn't need to affect who God is making me to be. Because who God is making me to be it can't be influenced by you. And, and oftentimes God will put sandpaper people in your life just to just to curve out some rough edges on you. And as soon as that area is nice and smooth, God will move them on to somebody else. Some people just have the sandpaper anointing. <laughs> you can don't tell them that, but just know that just like, you know, you're anointed to irritate people. To help people become patient, God uses you. (laughs) I better get into point number three. Point number three is simply this is that during seasons of surprise, we learn our limits. So point number one is we learn how to name things, and point number two is we learn which way to run, and, and point number three is we learn our limits, because there's going to be, in seasons of surprise, you will back up and just go, how did this happen, and what am I supposed to do? How did this happen, and what am I supposed to do? And and that's what Joseph said. How did this happen, and what am I supposed to do? Um, this wasn't the plan. This wasn't the plan. And I know many of us are in that season right now. This wasn't the plan. Um, I already told you about my dad's adjusted year. So therefore Christmas presents look different in our family and our household this year because of that. I was driving here on the way to church this morning, listening to KSBJ, and the and the DJ said that he got flooded, and and so there's no Christmas tree and there's no presents this year because they need a kitchen. <laughs> um, and and there's these moments where, why did this happen and what are we going to do? How did this happen and what are we going to do? And and God will allow these seasons of surprise to come so that we can learn that there are some things, there are some things that you cannot adjust or move or change through your own might. It's not by might nor by strength but by His power. And He will introduce these seasons to you so that you can do all you can and get frustrated and get mad and then back up and go, oh God, will you please help. And, and so often he, instead of being our first response, he's our last option. And, and we go into seasons like that and go, Oh, okay. All right. Um, I've reached my limit. And, and then he steps in and says, Hey, I got this. And then we start learning. There's some things that only God can handle. And that's when theologians like say, it's that girl who wrote Jesus, take the wheel. Yeah. She's a theologian. Take the wheel. Jesus, take the wheel. I'd like the worship team to come on up here, please. And I I just want to say that I said it last week. I'll say it this week. There are so many people that are in this holiday season and they're depressed and they're discouraged and they're the people that you want to invite to church because somebody needs to tell them. There's certain things that you'll never be able to fix. There's certain things you'll never be able to solve within your own might and your own strength. It's not by might nor by strength, but by his spirit, by his power. So these seasons of surprise did not surprise God. They were allowed by God. Would you stand your feet for me, please? Bow your head and close your eyes. Without anybody looking around, I want to ask you a question. Please, nobody looking around. If your heart were to stop beating in the next five minutes, are you 100% sure you know where you'd spend eternity? If the answer is no, will you just raise your hand right where you are? I see hands going up through the room. Can we all just raise both hands as a sign of surrender? Let's just say these simple words. Dear Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. Will you please forgive me? I want you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name, amen keep your eyes closed please keep your hands raised if you're you're okay with it there's no official dismissal you can leave whenever you get ready but the presence of the lord is here and i want to encourage you why don't you just worship him for a few moments and then you can dismiss yourself